0: Hey, Barstool listeners, you can find every episode of this show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music.
1: Did you know that this March, a whopping 86% of you will be sneaking peeks at the games when you're supposed to be working? It's the least productive month in sports, and Dave & Buster's is celebrating with an all-day $5 happy hour on March 21st for the first round of games. So ditch your second tabs for big screens, cold beers, and free Wi-Fi. But most importantly, stop pretending to work at the office and start pretending to work at Dave & Buster's on March 21st at participating locations only. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the Section 10 Podcast, Here are your hosts, Jared Farabas, Pete Blackburn, and Steve Peral.
2: What's up and welcome back to the Section 10 Podcast, episode 121, presented by Barstool Sports. It is the home of your 76 and 57. First place, Boston Red Sox. My name is Jared Carabas, and I am a certified G and a bona fide stud, and you can't teach that. And this right here, this is Pete Blackburn, and he's up to the Ocho, and you can't teach that. Bada boom, realist guys in the room. Steve, how you doing? What up, what up, section ten in the building? in the motherfucking building. I turned on CNN this morning. They were doing this big debate, and I'm not usually like a politics guy, and uh, the whole topic was centered around whether or not PD Platinum's was going to make it to eight episodes in a row. It was a very heated discussion, because one side, I mean, both sides felt passionately about whether or not, Pete was going to make this appearance and keep the streak alive. Me personally, I didn't lose faith in Peter, PD Analytics. Um, I I mean, there's always like that little bit of doubt whether or not he's going to be there. But eight straight episodes for PD Platinum's, a.k.a. PD Analytics, a.k.a. PD Pumpkins. uh, It's we're getting close to double
0: digits, which is uh, worth celebrating. My unemployment has hit a new low. This is, I have to do the show eight times in a row.
1: That's what Pete's going to leave with when he's trying to like do uh, interviews and whatnot. Like, I can't keep going to this Section 10 podcast. I need a new thing to do because this is getting fucking ridiculous. We're at double digits. How is the uh, <clears throat> the job search going?
0: I have like one lead right now that looks pretty good. But other than that, still no full-time offers uh and it's been very frustrating and i'm starting to get a little upset over here
1: you think it's a height thing pete do you think it's because you're short
0: probably not because all my interviews have been over the phone
1: i just wanted to check ah or maybe they googled so, you
0: well in that case the baron trump thing would probably be more of a red flag than my height mm. um so just please don't google me it's do you fine. think that's part of it i don't know hard to say i mean like i i don't think so because i'm getting like i'm getting options people are contacting me and it's just not turning into like a a offer that i want gotcha
2: and this this lead that you speak of would it require you to relocate
0: no it almost be it would be it sounds like it would be very very similar to what i was doing at fox it's the lead writer gotcha.
1: for that's that's what the offer is
0: nope i'm mm. i'm doing some some sporadic blogging uh on the side now for myself self-employed not unemployed what do you have like fucking <clears throat>
1: pd analytics.com No, just
0: brunch, doing brunch
1: blogs. So we we talk about like the four or five websites that we all visit probably every day. I would totally make an exception for six if there was (laughs) pdanalytics.com. That would be one hell of a website. uh, uh, Imagine if you like launched pdanalytics.com
2: and everyone just went there for their daily fix of like perspective on on the, the last night's games, just like the most ridiculous statistics that you could
0: ever imagine. What's uh what's Nate Silver's website? Uh the whatever the numbers, whatever it is. What if I just put him out of business? The dude just I mean, fucking you made a name from graphs and like completely analytical breakdowns of shit.
2: I'm just saying PD analytics was a
0: hit. Like
2: PD analytics was a hit. He he was around for like two or three games, and I, I don't know if he's just trying to like draft up new statistics. Like that would be a total PD analytics move to invent his own statistics to then use by himself like no one else can use them cuz they don't even understand them like that is vintage pd analytics
0: like a pd war or something like that pd metrics yeah p war p war
2: yeah There's there's b war there's f war and there's p war yeah you should you should come up with a formula for p war and just be like yeah this if you look at mike trout his p war is actually better than it ever has been in any season and he hasn't even played a full season
0: yet to the lab we
2: go Shout out to hubs. You are so fucking <clears throat> lucky, pal, because, uh, if you're a barstool fan, then, you know, in the office, you have to deal with that dreaded eye in the sky. There is uh security cameras, not even security cameras. They're just cameras meant to capture everything and anything in the office. And, uh, you know, Monday morning, after the Red Sox gets swept by the Orioles, I come in the office and Hubbs has this fucking shit-eating grin on his face. And for those who don't know who Hubs is, he's uh, he's the Yankee blogger for Barstool Sports. He's, uh, I mean, JJ is too, but Hubbs is uh, he's been blogging the Yankees a lot this year. Um, so I walk in, Hubbs got this fucking smirk on his face, and I'm like, "What the fuck are you smirking about?" <laughs> well. The Red Sox has got swept and now the Yankees are only like two and a half games back. Here come the Yankees. No, uh, the Yankees, <clears throat> I don't know if you checked the schedule, but the Yankees are playing the Cleveland Indians who just so happened to be the best team in the American league. Good luck with that. Cause you also get Corey Kluber in that series. Who's matched up against the Yankees, ace Luis Severino. Uh, and the Red Sox get to go up to Toronto to play that shitbag blue Jays team. So, uh, I was like, you know, because we're talking about how the the Red Sox are coming back to the Bronx. I was like, by the end of the weekend, you guys could be like fucking 10 games out. Pal. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know what you're excited about, but yeah, the Red Sox took a little fucking weekend off against the Orioles. It happens. But if you look at the larger sample here, which would be, you know, basically the month of August, they've been the best team in the American, the best team in the majors. Really that weekend series was an aberration. I believe and yeah, you don't want to get too excited over sweeping a Blue Jays team that's not very good, but that's what they're supposed. That's what good teams do. They take care of their business, and that's what they did with the Toronto Blue Jays. They fucking swept them, and now the Yankees are right back to where they were, which is five and a half games out of first place. And I wanted. The reason why I mentioned the eye in the sky at the Barstool office is because last night I was going to ask for the footage of me coming in on Monday morning and telling Hubs, I don't know what you're getting excited about. The Yankees are about to get swept. The Red Sox are going to sweep the Blue Jays, and they're going to be five and a half games out in like two or three days. Apparently, um, the footage gets deleted after X amount of hours. It's like 48 hours or something like that, so... I was pissed. Like he he survived by like a few hours. I would have went back, gotten that, and tweeted the shit out of it. Um, but now if you're a Red Sox fan who freaked out over that sweep over the weekend and you got the, the doom and gloom fans being like, that's it. That I, how, many, how many fucking tweets did I get from Red Sox fans? This is it. This is where it ends. You know, this is the slide. 2011. I don't know if you youngsters remember 2011 <laughs> when the Red Sox – that lead in September. Here it comes again. No, that's not what is happening here. Uh, the Red Sox had a little bit of an off series against the Orioles, who are red hot right now, by the way. They they were losing 6-2 to two on Wednesday against the Mariners. Came back and won that game. They won seven straight. So that's the team that swept you. Basically the hottest team uh, in baseball right now. So there's no shame in that. And, I'm still blaming it on the jerseys. Yeah, I, I feel like that's you're not you're not alone in that. If I'm trying to like figure out what it is, is it the jerseys? Were they just slumping? Did they underestimate the Baltimore Orioles in that series? Because if you look at their performance before that series and after that series, they've been world beaters. So I'm sitting here, I'm like, well, what the fuck happened? The only explanation that I can come up with is that this is. This is just a fucking confusing process.
0: Much like buying tickets online for sports and concerts, because that's been a confusing process for a long time. It's always been hard to find the best deal for that. What? I said forever. When has it ever not been a confusing process before, SeatGeek? True, 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 Chains. It's always been hard to find the best deal for that game or show that you want to go to, and none of those older ticket sites want to change that. But SeatGeek is different. They've come along and they've created an amazing app and a website that makes it easier than ever for fans to buy and sell tickets. SeatGeek is always the first place that we go to when we're looking for tickets to a game or a concert. We have the SeatGeek apps on our phones. They're very easy to use. They're perfect. They're pretty and they're awesome. Uh, Everything about SeatGeek is designed to make life easier for sports and music fans. They do all the price comparisons for you. They search multiple ticket sites and ensure that you get the best possible deal. SeatGeek does all the work and you save the time and money. SeatGeek wants to help you get the most bang for your buck. That's why every ticket on SeatGeek is given a grade based on value. You'll immediately see any underpriced seats and be able to find the best deals that fit your budget. Best part of all of this is that our listeners get an instant $20 back on their first ticket purchase. So to get $20 off your first ticket purchase, download the SeatGeek app. Go to the settings tab, click add a promo code. That promo code is section Ten. All one word, one zero at the end. SeatGeek will give you 20 bucks off your first ticket purchase. So download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code section 10 today. Big coupon, bitch. So now,
2: coming off this sweep of the Toronto Blue Jays, uh, the Yankees get swept by the Indians. Now, how do we feel about this Red Sox team? Like, now, or I mean, were either of you concerned after the Baltimore series?
1: Not really. I. We should have been, right? Shouldn't the feeling have been like, "Uh uh-oh? No, I'm just saying, like, if you get swept that badly, and I understand the Orioles have now won seven in a row, so they're a pretty hot team. That series doesn't look as bad. But, no, I—concerned isn't the right word, but it definitely makes you lift an eyebrow and think, wow, this actually could be leading to something. But, like you said, you're going into the Blue Jays series. Like, you're the only issue would have been Strowman and— he gets taken out of the game, and then you end up coming back and winning game one, and that was the issue.
2: So, just shit on him, Steve. We know that you want to do it. You fucking, you're fucking, you the biggest Strowman hater in the world.
1: No, I'm saying the only issue was Strowman because he's been pitching well. I can still call a spade a spade while hating a guy, and once he didn't get a win, they could sweep the series, and just so happens the Yankees also got swept.
0: I mean, the weekend series was certainly embarrassing. I don't know if it was concerning. It was embarrassing just because of how badly they were swept. But, I mean, this team has been co- inconsistent all year long. So I don't know if it's like if you have one bad weekend, you're like, oh, shit, season's going down the tubes. Goodbye, AL East. No, I don't think it was like that level of concern. But, I mean, it was definitely a bad look. And thankfully, you bounced back from it.
2: I'm sure that there are Red Sox fans that like went back and deleted their tweets from that weekend. Just
1: being like, <laughs> probably no, here comes the collapse. I can't believe I believed in this team. They only scored one run a game, basically, in that Orioles series. That was yeah, alarming. No, they stranded like a
2: billion base, right? But like that shit happens, especially with this team. I just I wasn't surprised when I saw it. It's just it's that's what they do sometimes. But then they get hot again. It just that's that's been the formula all year long.
1: I got a weird take. I feel like September is going to be not the Red Sox versus the Yankees in the AL East. It's going to be the Red Sox versus twenty eleven. The amount of times that we're going to hear 2011 and, oh, could this be a rerun of 2011? I feel like that's going to be the hot take for the next month. Ideally, the Red Sox can just win three out of four in New York. So we don't really have to worry about that. And they'd have, what, a a six-and-a-half game lead if that were the case? So six or seven-and-a-half. So, like, if you can get out of New York at the worst with a split, then they'd have a a five-and-a-half game lead with 25 left to play. You'd be in a really good position to win the division at that point.
2: Yeah, look at the schedule in September. They have uh, these – they have the four game series, but three of them are in September for uh against the Yankees and the Bronx, then the Blue Jays, then the Rays, then the A's, then the Rays. You got three with Baltimore, three with the shitty Reds, three more with Toronto, and then you finish the season against uh Houston for I believe four. Yeah, four. So one game bleeds into October. Uh, but that is a really fucking easy schedule for the month of September. And I haven't looked at the Yankee schedule, but um, that was another get thing that I was thinking of. Like, All right, cool. They're fucking. They're two and a half back. Cool. Like you're still not going to win the division. And then this happens, and it's like you're definitely not going to win the division. And that's why uh, I was getting shit for um, when Betances threw at McCann and Gary Sanchez was like throwing the cheap shots in the pile. I was like, yeah, that's really dumb of you guys to get your players, your your best players suspended during a wild card race. And then the Yankee fans are like, it's a division race, pal. It's a division race. And no, no, it's not. And it never was. It never was. This was the Red Sox division from day one. Uh, there was no question whether or not the Red Sox were the best team in this division. Yes, the Yankees had a little bit of a run in June. Or no, it was like May. It was like May. They had like a good month uh, where they, you know, people looking at this team like, wow, this could be a, this could be a preview of the ALCS over here, the Yankees. Yeah, no. No, not happening. Uh, the Red Sox are the better team. They have been all along.
0: I just want to point out that I was the only one in the uh, preseason predictions that said it would be the Red Sox and Yankees finishing 1-2 on the...
1: Uh, really ballsy move. On the AL
2: because no, 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 Steven. No, a lot of people were high on the Blue Jays. The Blue Jays were supposed to we fucking... Were,
1: everyone was high on everyone. I don't think we really knew what the division was going to be. But So it, when you don't know what the division is going Red Sox-Yankees, we're, we're going to applaud you, Petey, for that. I mean, I'm yeah. gonna end up correct. Maybe right. the and Orioles not, could end up not in a second. Lot of people
2: were saying that the Yankees were gonna be this good. People, th- people were saying that the Yankees were going to be contenders. I mean, they they thought you know this is not gonna be a team that finishes under 500. They could be around like 85 wins or something like that. And I think a lot of people expected Toronto to finish in second place. I think that they expected Toronto to once again you know bounce back from. Uh, a very poor September, but that was a team that almost if, if the blue Jays didn't shit the bed entirely in the month of September, the red Sox would not have won the division. We don't even know what would have happened postseason wise. Um, but a lot of things are different if, if that September doesn't go the way that it did. And I don't think that there was any reason other than losing Edwin Encarnacion, but they replaced him with Kendry Morales who had a really good year last year. So I, I don't know. I
1: didn't really expect Toronto to be as bad as they've been this year. I think the biggest shock is Toronto, but like the Orioles could still pass the Yankees. I don't think anyone in the AL East has been overly impressive outside the Red Sox. And even the Red Sox have had a lot of of flaws. So the division altogether is not really that strong. And the Red Sox have benefited from that, as you see with the series in Toronto. And they're going to keep benefiting from that with a pretty weak schedule in in September. ton of those games at home, too. That's big. Like two-thirds of those games are at home after this Yankees series.
2: Yeah, the Red Sox definitely have a nice little uh, comfy schedule here. Uh, to ride out the rest of the season. And uh, it's, there's, there's a couple different storylines that I guess we're going to have to pay attention to. Steve mentioned the 2011 angle. Like, are they going to collapse? And uh, we've already heard it. We've already started to hear it, which is bizarre. I mean, after, even after winning three championships, I am honestly thankful that those miserable, pessimistic fans still exist because I think that those fans sort of keep us pure In the sense that we're not Red Sox fans are not Patriots fans. Patriots fans, they're like, you know, all right, when's the AFC title game start? Like, Red Sox fans could go into this season, have you know, we were, I want to say, the beginning of the before the season started, the Red Sox and Cubs were co-favorites to win the World Series. Red Sox fans, like, we're gonna fucking finish in last place, dude. (laughs) Like, this team sucks. I don't even. I don't see what they see in this team. This team
3: sucks, dude.
0: Fucking three World Series in the last fifteen years, and fans of this team still expect the worst when it comes to the Red Sox. Yeah,
2: well, that that's just like beaten into our brains over decades right. and decades and decades. Well,
1: even after twenty thirteen, oh. they're like, oh, it's 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 the marathon. It was the perfect setup. That's why they won. It's like you're not winning a World Series because of the marathon tragedy. But people yeah. were just saying that's why it
2: didn't. It didn't. It certainly didn't hurt. But it played that into was a it. good Red Sox team. Yeah, definitely played into it. Uh, but I, I almost, I, I I do. It's not even almost, I do appreciate those pessimistic Red Sox fans that still think that they get swept one series against Baltimore and that this is just the end of the world. The the season's over.
0: Honestly, I wish there were more of them. Like I wish that I could go to Fenway and be surrounded by people who are just like fucking pissed off all the time being like, what the fuck? (laughs) You fuck, fucking Hanley! You suck. Come up with a big RBI.
1: Call him Farrell. Call him.
0: That that was (laughs) like screaming at Farrell. Like when I go to Fenway, I don't get any of that. I don't know if it's because where I sit or whatever, but like when I was a kid, I used to be around the most miserable fucks at Fenway, and it was hilarious. It was a much more entertaining experience. I miss that. I want those people. Fucking screaming. Now it's just like drunk college girls being like, let's take a selfie and get the green monster in Benny! it.
3: And, and, oh Benny, I love you. You get the best ass.
1: You You're know, so that's,
2: handsome. That's Benny. me.
1: That's that's me. That's not the college girls. It's true. Yeah. There's uh there's definitely been again. a shift in
2: in the crowds that show up to Fenway Park. Um, but on Twitter, you know, there you can just say right there that there's a uh, there's definitely a community of Red Sox fans who still think that every game they're going to lose and <laughs> that John Farrell needs to be fired and uh, you know every player on the team is the worst player in the league and everyone needs to be released or designated for assignment or traded and that's just i don't I, we need those people we need those people for our, for the sake of our reputation as fans to um, not become Patriots fans which isn't a knock on Patriots fans I myself am a Patriots fan I just, it's fun to be, a, it's fun as a, as a you know, Red Sox fan first, it's fun to live in the fantasy world of being a Patriots fan where you just literally know that you're going to be in the AFC title game every year. Yeah. Whereas if you're a Red Sox fan, it's like, you could come into the season having the Vegas odds say that you're the best team, you're going to make it to the World Series and be like, I don't fucking believe you. I don't.
0: Being a Patriots fan is literally like living in a sports fantasy land. Like that is not supposed that is not how being a sports fan is supposed to be. You're not supposed to go into the first week being like, let's just get this over with and go to the fucking a- let's go to the Super Bowl. Let's just fucking fast forward. Like Julian Edelman gets hurt. Doesn't fucking matter. We're fine. it's just our best receiver who's caught fucking like a hundred balls over the past five years. Nah, it's we'll it'll be fine. Like yeah, don't worry about it. The Patriots, like, they traded fucking Jamie Collins last year, got almost nothing for him. We're like, eh, it's fine. Trust Bill. Whatever. It <laughs> is the most bizarre fucking experience as a, as a sports fan because that's not how it's supposed to be and
1: do you know how cocky it is that the last two years we've gone to winter weekend we've factored in what time the afc championship game yeah. is going to be that Sunday. <laughs> we're both like oh well okay they alter it normally with the nfc championship so we're gonna have to get home earlier on that sunday to watch them beat whoever they're playing that is ridiculous yeah. months in advance
2: <laughs> this is, like, we're, we're mapping this out in like november and it's not until fucking like january Sometimes like, like October. Well, we got to get on the tickets now because they'll, they'll, they'll book up all the hotels. So we want to get on this a couple months in advance. So we got to figure out when the AFC title game is going to be because obviously we don't want to miss that. But and, and that's just that's the life of a Patriots fan. And it's, it's definitely not similar to Red Sox fans because, like I said, you could have a team that is favored to win the world series and still be talking about firing your like, imagine like fire bill Belichick discussions <laughs> on Twitter or on sports radio in in the middle of a season where you're favored
0: to win the super bowl. Is there any doubt though, that like the Patriots are in for like a 30 year shit storm. Oh,
1: they're going to suck. Yeah.
0: They're going to be the worst team in the goddamn world for the longest period probably of time. Probably the rest of our we lives. All de- we all deserve it. Uh, probably, <laughs> probably the rest all. of our lives. Yeah. <laughs> no, we're We're due. I wouldn't even care at that
2: point. No, like I not. I got the Patriots championships at a point in my life where I could really I appreciate a, them. Yeah, appreciate them and like reap the benefits of what comes from a champion.
1: Dude, shout out to all those people that died in like 2000. Oh man, all those Boston sports <laughs> yeah. fans, like respect that. That's yeah. tough. You missed four it. One out. That is that's
2: tough. How do you? Oh man, imagine just like rooting for all four sports. Well, I mean, they obviously got the Celtics run, and they got the Bruins in the 70s uh but to just miss this little run here from 2001 until now that sucks that sucks not cool uh i mean we're basically the perfect age for that yeah we're like i'm 28 so the first championship i was in seventh grade like i was old enough to go to the parade and see some titties and enjoy like a championship parade and then like I remember the, the 2004 Red Sox parade. Like they were, uh, it was raining out, and we were trying to ju- like we followed the duck boats. Like we didn't like stay in one spot. We like followed the entire parade and just like walked throughout the entire city of Boston. Um, and then like the Patriots parades. I'm glad that I'm glad that they didn't know what to do in the beginning because those were ju- it was like fucking Woodstock with no music. That th- those were the first two Patriots parades. It was Woodstock with no music, and they the city finally figured out they're like, uh, I, I'm, I'm sure they're going to keep winning championships around here, so we we can't just be hosting a fucking fuck fest in the middle of City Hall Plaza every year. We can't be
1: doing that. I mean, they, it's uh, almost like they almost have a two down now. Like when the duck boats come around, it's like okay, like let's get these duck boats through here. Come on through. Here we go. Show your trophy, <laughs> wave, smile, kiss some babies, and get out. That's kind of what you know what it is.
0: You know what it is. They just leave up the barriers all year long. Like yeah, hey, we're, we're just going to be here next year. So we'll just fucking leave the parade route up. Yeah,
2: it's it's uh, it's been quite a run. It's been quite a run, and uh, that's it's you know, but that's why I appreciate these Red Sox fans who are still like this despite the run that this city has been on. Because if you can win a championship like once every fucking 15 months or whatever it is, that's special, you know, to, to keep that negativity harnessed inside of you, no matter what, that takes a special kind of pessimist. So shout out to you guys. Uh, but Hanley Ramirez, we talked about this, I think it was back in June, maybe where, uh, I think it was like reporters brought it to his attention that he was not hitting well against lefties, but he normally has in his career and his numbers overall weren't very good. And then for the next two weeks, he hit like six seventy-five against lefties hit like three or four home runs against lefties and like eight at bats. And obviously that didn't keep up. And now here we are with Hanley Ramirez and tomorrow is September 1st. And with Hanley, there was, I, I, was still, I was talking about this on the last show, about Tim Neverett basically saying, well, there's, there's still time for Hanley to turn this season around. And if they can get Hanley to turn this season around, that'll be a big boost for the middle of the order for the Boston Red Sox. And I was like, well, Tim, the funny thing about that is there's, there's really not enough time because he's, he's obviously improved over like the last two or three games when he got moved down in the order. But going into the Toronto series, Hanley Ramirez uh, was moved down to seventh in the order and then has since, I think he went two for four the first night and then he hit two, he hit two home runs in the next two games. So he responds when you bring things to his attention. It's like, it's, it's, it's so maddening to know that if Hanley is just, if you just, Ignite him for like a quick set. It doesn't even take a lot of effort. Just moving him from fourth to seventh. Oh, I'm going to try now. All right, cool. That'd be great if you could try because at the time I wasn't panicking. But, yeah, the Yankees were gaining ground and it would help if we had a fucking guy who could drive in runs because the Red Sox stranded God knows how many runners in that Orioles series. Uh, So, yeah, hopefully he stays motivated. But usually it's like (sighs) – you know, it's, it's like fucking, you get a couple good weeks out of Hanley when you, when you light a fire under his ass.
1: I feel like we all kind of fall into these patterns too. Like when we, we, we fall into these patterns of like, all right, I'm doing my job. I'm getting the nine to five done, whatever. We're fine. I think sometimes we just need a slap in the face to wake up and Hanley needs that way too much. It's like they, like Hanley, you're hitting seventh now. He's like, Oh, oh I'm probably doing bad. The <laughs> problem of me is I'm not doing good. <laughs> And then he hits, like, what, three homers in two games. And it's, I don't know. I I really don't know where we stand with Hanley because even right now, he obviously has a hot series. But do you expect that to keep going? I don't. I don't expect that to carry into this series or the next series. I I don't think this is going to be a long-term thing for the rest of the year. So I still think he's the biggest concern for me as you're looking at a team that's likely going to win the division. He's my biggest concern. Yeah.
2: He's an impact bat that's not making an impact. That's basically what Hanley is, because uh, if you look at the guys in this lineup and you go name by name, you ask yourself, who has the potential to make the biggest impact with their bat in a postseason series or just down the stretch in general? The answer is Haley Ramirez. And I really don't even really I don't even think that's debatable. Like who would be second? Like who's the second like Mookie Betts? You're saying for that has the impact to be big. Yeah, like who whose bat can really just change the dynamic of an entire series? Like the way that, like, think of David Ortiz in the twenty thirteen postseason. Who Mookie, has the if ability? Mookie gets to
1: last. Piece? Mookie gets last year hot. Then yeah, which I don't see that coming either. So it's either Mookie or Hanley. But Hanley would be the guy that if he's consistently doing it, he'd be huge in the middle of the lineup. But we haven't seen that. I think. No, I mean, there's haven't. a
0: bunch of guys that that can be that guy that can turn around a series and have, you know, a major impact in a series. Like I think Ben Attendee can be one of those guys. Betts can be one of those guys, but when Hanley isn't Hanley, that's a huge fucking loss in, in what should be the middle of your order.
1: Well, especially so, when you, you notice when the other guys can pitch in on the field, they can pitch in in other ways like true. Mookie Ben Attendee, they can add in other ways. Hanley needs to be hitting. If right. he's not and hitting, only job it. Is hitting. <laughs> Yeah, if he's not hitting, you notice it big time.
3: Yeah,
2: and I mean, I think he does perform better when he's playing first base. But looking ahead to the postseason, you know, what are you going to do with Mitch Moreland? Because Mitch Moreland has been hitting really well recently too. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to sacrifice defense at first base or sacrifice Mitch Moreland being in the lineup uh, for Hanley to play first base just because he's more engaged when he plays first base, like you asked to be the DH. Like that was what he said uh, at winter weekend, 2016 before like David Ortiz's final season, they were like, yeah, do you want to eventually be a DH? And he was like, yeah, like uh, <laughs> he, he wants to do that. So we're letting him do that. And, and his numbers as a DH in 2015 and even into 2016, when he, whenever he would you know get a day at DH, he would mash the ball. So there was plenty of expectations for Hanley to be like, oh, wow, like, look at what he does when he just you just let him do what he wants. Like, he wants to just hit. He doesn't want to play the field. Great. Be the DH. Let's see what happens. And we've seen what happens, and it's not been very good.
0: Um, hold on. Let me look. I want to look at the numbers. Do you really think it's it's an engagement thing? Because that's what I was going to ask. Like I, I, I honestly believe that he's more engaged when he has to play the field every half inning rather than just sit around the dugout and dick around and then be like oh shit it's not time to go up a bat
3: yeah
2: i was wrong i thought that his numbers would be through the roof as a first baseman this year so he's played 15 games at first base he's hitting 196 with a 779 ops as a first baseman as a dh he's hitting 260 with a 787 ops so i mean the ops isn't real there's not like a big gap between those uh there's a there's a gap in between batting average but um yeah it's it seems to me like it just it hasn't really mattered what his role has been like you know it's it like uh, without looking at the numbers if you would ask me like what do you think Hanley's hitting as a first baseman this year I'd be like yeah, probably like 330 with like an 1100 OPS or something like that no nope, not really the case and uh, like Hanley's splits have been disappointing and that's that's just a sign of a bad season because if there's situation, like, I expected him to obviously, you know, have good numbers as a first baseman. He hasn't performed in any particular situation. Like there's no situation that you can look at and be like, yeah, well, at least he's doing well if if you have him doing this, and that's not
3: the case.
0: Yeah, I, I really, I mean, like I've said it before on this podcast. Like I, my concern was with sticking him at DH was that he's going to get disconnected from the game and just fucking goof around and be an idiot. But apparently not the case. Uh yeah, also Mitch Moreland is the new Matt Stairs. Matt Stairs. Huh. The best pinch
1: hitter in the fucking game.
2: Yeah, he he fucking like pinch hit in like the second inning. Like when did he pinch hit?
1: Oh, when he when he had the the, the, the Homer? Yeah, it was it was early on in the game. Yeah, yeah. He, like, he like,
2: I've already like, four bats. That
1: that, that yeah, yeah, that caught me off guard. It was like pinch hit home run. I was like, wait, I didn't even notice that he pinched it. I thought he started. <laughs> it was like in the third inning. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um when was Chris it's sale? Of Tuesday. <laughs> Tuesday. I went on uh 98.5 the sports Hub in Boston with my pal Tony Maz. And he's this is right before Chris Sale's start in Toronto. And he's mentioning all these numbers about Chris Sale and his career and how he fades in the second half. And if I'm concerned about Chris Sale in September because uh, you know his ERA. Doesn't balloon, it mildly goes like it goes up to like a three seven, which is still like you take that. Um, but if you compare it to the other months, it's like two one, two four, whatever. Uh so he's asking me, Are you concerned about Chris Sale? And I'm like, Tonight in general? Like wh- what do you mean against the Indians? And you know, he was asking basically from here on out, because he's leading the league in innings, he's leading the league in pitches thrown, and He's gotten rocked a couple of times by the Indians here. And those two starts are relatively close together. And he does have that reputation of sort of taking a dip at the end of the year. I was like, I no, I'm not concerned about Chris Sale against the Toronto Blue Jays. I'm not. And I'm not really concerned about him in September. And honestly, I'm not concerned about Chris Sale in October unless that start is against the Cleveland Indians, which could be the case. Like that could be a thing where Chris Sale... Uh, draws the Cleveland Indians in the first round of the postseason. Um, But innings-wise, pitches-wise, yeah, it's something to keep an eye on. But if you're a Red Sox fan, and we we were talking obviously about the, the pessimism of some of these fans, how can you watch the season that Chris Sale is having in 2017 and even use the word concern? When it comes to this guy, and I know that you know that's sort of turning a blind eye to to you know past trends in the sense of yes, he's he's faded in the second half, and I use air quotes for faded because it's not like he has a fucking ERA over seven in the month of September over the course of his career. It's not even that bad um, but if if I'm going to ask both of you, what's more concerning Chris Sale in the month of September? Chris Sale in the postseason in general or Chris Sale against the Indians? I don't even know. No, let me take out Chris Sale against the Indians because that's the obvious answer. Are you, are you more concerned about Chris Sale uh, fading because of like a durability thing or just not knowing what he's like in the postseason at all?
1: Biggest concern for Sale, both starts afterwards he gave up zero and went seven plus with 11 plus Ks in both of the starts after he got rocked. So my concern is if he gets rocked in a short series – and then you're fucked because you don't get him again. Ideally, they would be in a situation where they're at least getting to Game 4 in the ALDS. Let's not have a rerun of last year. But my biggest concern is that he only gets like one crack at it, and in the second one, it might be a tight situation where they have to pull him earlier than they would in a regular season game. So he needs to get off on a good a good start. I don't know if it's going to be against the Indians, uh, if it's going to be against the wildcard team. Who knows? The Sox would still be the best team in the American League at the end of all of this. But that's my biggest concern. Well, is they down to third. What's that? Yeah, but they're still – they're three out, right? They're about three behind the Astros and then two and a half, I, I think, for the Indians. It, it's pretty – the Astros, I think, lost again, so they're getting closer to the Astros. But, yeah, my biggest concern is that he starts off slow and, and doesn't have enough time to recover.
0: My biggest concern is that the fucking offense doesn't provide enough offense for him. That's, we, yeah, mean, we that's get, where I'm at.
1: We get April Sale again. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I'm not concerned about Sale at all because you look what he's done, and he has thrown a lot of innings in the past – Uh, and I'm not, I'm just not concerned about his demeanor and his, uh, the type of pitcher and, you know, player that he is when it comes time for the postseason. Like, I'm, that's not a concern of mine. I think that that dude's a fucking gamer and it's just going to go out there and pitch. And I'm not concerned about it. I just looked, the Red Sox are three and a half games behind the Houston Astros
2: and they're a half game behind the Cleveland Indians. So it's pretty tight.
1: That could be Pretty a race. Tight. That the could Cleveland be a race, Indians, by the way. That's going to be a race.
2: The Indians have also won seven straight along with Baltimore. So, yes, the Red Sox have won three straight. The Indians have won three uh, seven straight. And the Orioles have won seven straight. Astros have lost four out of their – no, they've lost six out of their last ten games. So, uh, we talked about this on starting nine that also drops Thursday – Um, we were talking about who in the American league is going to finish with the, the most wins, the best record. Who do you think is going to finish with the best
0: record in the American league? I would say the Indians. If I had, if I was a, if I was a betting man, uh, I would put my money on the Indians. I know we, I joked about it when, uh, when the, the the Astros went and got Tyler Clipper that like they were conceding the, the AL crown. And I thought like that might he's actually be good. like the turning point in their season.
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: he's been pretty fucking good for them and he's what is, is he on like his third organization just this year alone. I think he went from uh yeah, he went from the Yankees to the White Sox to the Astros. Motherfucker's on th- three organizations in one year. Uh but yeah, I think Houston is definitely trending downwards and you know, the Red Sox and the Indians are pretty evenly matched, although I'd still give the edge to Cleveland, especially if their guys are healthy. And they've had the right. biggest factor for the Indians is Andrew Miller. Tell me whether or not he's healthy, and I'll tell you how I feel about the Indians in the postseason. If they have that weapon and he's healthy, then, yeah, that's, that's the team to beat. And they might even still be the team to
1: beat without a healthy Andrew Miller. Only thing I want is I want Red Sox-Astros in the first round. If we can get them as the 2-3 seeds and potentially get Indians, Red Sox, and the ALCS, that would be awesome. Granted, we're getting way ahead of ourselves, yeah, and we're saying yeah. that you're beating the team. This is the Patriots, Steve. No, I know. I'm just saying that I don't want the Indians in the first round. That's basically what I'm saying. I want to avoid also, the Indians in round one.
0: It also comes down to, I think, you know, if the Sox, like Jared said, I mean, they're not as healthy as the Indians are. But, like, if, if the Sox get uh, Carson Smith and he's effective, if David Price comes back and he's effective, like... Mm, What's that face, Steve? If
1: David Price comes back and he's effective, I'll just answer. It's, it's, a, it's,
0: I mean, it's something. We can't,
1: I'm saying we he can't, be, bank. no, he could, but we no, can't I'm not, bank I'm on not, that.
0: I'm not okay. banking on it, but I'm, I'm saying if he comes back, like you, you're talking about a different situation if David Price comes back and is pitching like even half the pitcher that he is.
1: Yeah, we'll see. I you need David Roy Price to come back and enjoy
0: coming back. back. I want Price in the bullpen.
2: Really? And I know I'm not. I want I mean it's I think it's shaping up to be that way. Like if he can come back, he's not going to be stretched like it's there's not enough time for him to for where he is right now today on August 31st. Where he is in terms of his his comeback process. It's lining up that if he were to come back, it would probably be in the bullpen. Because you're not going to risk a guy with elbow problems being like, yeah, I know you haven't really had that time to get stretched out, but uh, go throw 110 pitches for me.
0: Also, the Red Sox fans know a little thing or two about David Price out of the bullpen in October. So, Right. Yeah, like yeah. 10 years ago. Shout out to the J.D. Drew.
2: <laughs> it was like 10 years ago. <laughs> it was fucking... Nine years ago, you asshole.
1: <laughs> Talk about 08? Oh, okay, nine years ago. Sorry, it was probably ten seasons. Uh, David Price, I'm sure he's going to be really happy to go to the bullpen. He's a team guy, team first. Uh, he's not an issue at all with any of these guys, so he's going to love going to the bullpen for sure.
2: I think he'd do it. He's, first do of it. all, he's been put.
1: He's, been, he's pitched out of the bullpen several times. He's pitched out
2: of the bullpen with know, Tampa, just, but obviously that's different because he was a rookie. He pitched out of the bullpen with Toronto
1: two years ago, and doesn't mean he likes pitching out of the bullpen. Uh, I know he and, doesn't have any leverage, though. That's the thing. He he's has no not.
2: Work this is not yeah this is not a demotion it's, a, it's not like it's a, if he it's a if preservation healthy, thing. yeah like if he's making starts and you know he's pitching well or even half decent say he has like a 380 era and they're like all right well we're gonna put you in the bullpen then I could see that being an issue but if he's hurt and he hasn't had time to make rehab starts and he hasn't had time to work his way back up to a 100 pitches then it makes sense it's like yes we recognize that we're a better team with you. Uh, at least as a weapon that we can use out of the bullpen, than just saying, "No, we're
0: going to send him home for the year. He's just done for the year. He can't contribute at all because he can't contribute." I do think it would be hilarious if he if he came out of the bullpen in October and was like lights out and was a huge part of the uh, of the Red Sox run. And they win a World Series like David Price finally gets his fucking World Series ring. And none of those questions about him being able to perform in October stop because they'll of be like, Well, yeah, but you are coming out of the bullpen. Do you think that you could could you think you can reverse your your playoff fortune uh, on the mound starting? Like, none of those questions would stop, and, and it would be, like, the most frustrating thing in the world for him. Dude,
1: we'd go from so many different eighth-inning guys. It went from Addison Reed to Mitchie Moreland to now like David, David Price, Price is the eighth-inning guy, and he shuts it down. He's like, let's fucking go coming off the mound. <laughs> <laughs> oh man!
2: Imagine if I mean, like, he pissed
1: out of the bullpen in the postseason, and then he's like, you know what? I actually like this. He's the guy in the pen that's, like, using the spoons to clank all, you know, do all the sounds and whatnot, and the whole <laughs> team's, like, joining. He's like, let's go, guys. I got a new song. I would be so into that, David. Doesn't exercise
0: player option. Now we get to fucking look at him in the bullpen for seven innings being a fucking dickhead and being like, that guy's making $30 million. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> that guy
2: pitches one inning at a time, and he's making $30 million a year. So, I mean, just think of it this way. You have Chris Sale. He's going to start. You have uh, Drew Pomerantz has been great. And Rick Porcello has also been great since July. Like, he, like Again, against Toronto, he's been fucking really good. So are you going to deny any of those guys a postseason start just to get David Price a start when we don't know what his health status is or if he's durable enough or
1: if he's stretched out enough? Is it just me or like every time porcello's out there, I still expect great things. Like I, with this, day, with this uh, Porcello, most losses in the majors this year, I still expect him to do well. Maybe that's because we're still – stuck in Cy Young mode last year. But, like, with Pomeranz, always hesitant, even though he's earned the respect. He's earned that. Uh, a big smooth, baby. Big, big smooth, baby. He's earned that. But Porcello, I still expect him to do well. And I think he could really make up for whatever. It could be J.D. Drew. And I understand this isn't is as bad a season as J.D. Drew. But if Porcello goes out there and tosses, what, eight, one-run innings, seven, one-run innings in Wait, the playoffs? Did, did, did you just say that J.D. Drew had a bad season? In 07? Oh, uh, yeah. No. Oh, we had, then we're, not we're not having this again. We're no. Not yeah, no. I'm having this debate again. He was good. I didn't you wanted him to live up to his money. He was never gonna live up to that money for the whole season if you look at it. And I There's looked at five his Five years 70 million dollars. I looked at his splits. Five years seventy. Did you look at his splits? Yeah, look
2: yeah, look at his fucking numbers in 07, 08, 09. Okay.
1: I'm saying all right, can we let's just I'm gonna cut that right now. Come on, come on. We already had this we already did this. We already did this. I'm saying from the fan perspective, Rick Porcello has not been good this year. From the fan perspective, JD Drew was not good that year. Big performance in the playoffs. (laughs) But whatever, I'm just saying the the perspective will be that Porcello can make up for it in September in the playoffs if he does well. Do you think JD Drew
2: was a good Red Sox player overall? Not bad. The Section 10 Podcast is brought to you by Sox Signatures. Sox Signatures is the leader in autographs and game-use memorabilia of tomorrow's Boston baseball stars. Visit SoxSignatures.com today for unique items and the best prices on Sox prospects from Lowell to Boston. Use promo code Section 10 to get 10% off your first order at
1: SoxSignatures.com.
2: Dot com. So we have uh, a situation where the Red Sox are five and a half games up going into the Bronx for four games. What is that division lead at the end of this series? Peter?
0: Uh, now you're making me do fucking Johnny Gomes math over here. God damn it.
1: Come on, analytics. Let's go.
0: So what is it now? Five and a half. Five and a half. If they win, fucking I, now I like I'm literally struggling with this math.
2: What do you what do you think that they're gonna do in the series? All right. That's a good that's
0: I'll say uh I'll say three out of four.
1: So seven and a half.
0: Three out of four
1: would be what, seven and a half? Yeah. No. Yeah? Yeah. See think it's not you, it's
0: not easy. Think it's about not it. Easy. If, you,
1: if you won the first three games, you would have picked up three games. Then you lose the last one. That's right. Picked up two games. That's
0: since two games,
1: <laughs> that's Steve, Stevie analytics right there. Yeah.
0: Well, when you when you yeah. say it like that, the, the math is pretty easy, but it's not easy in my it's head definitely not a confusing
1: process. <laughs> I got five and a half. I think it stays the same. They might have a disappointing loss and and kind of leave New York thinking, well, at least it's five and a half with twenty five to go, and we should be cruising towards a division title. I am going to say they're leaving New York eight and a half games up, pal. <laughs> this fucking
2: thing's over. I said it once. I'll say it a million times. I come in the office Monday morning. I look at Hubs, and he's smiling. Then he's sitting there. He's like, (laughs) and I was like, Hubs, shut the fuck up, pal. What the fuck are you smiling for, knowing that by the end of this week, you're going to be eight and a half games out of first place, pal? Are you talking sweet? Because that would be nine and a half. So I'm looking at hubs, and I'm like, at the end of the week, you're going to be nine and a half games out of first place, pal. Nine and a half, which is what I said originally. Nine and a half games out of first place. Which, by the way, with one month to go, just say 2011 nine and a half game lead in the month of September. Didn't means sense. pick out a fucking three X wildcard shirt and send it to your boy JJ. Because you
0: ain't I, winning no division. I did enjoy the uh the the JJ tweet uh callback by you, Jared, when he said that he took a picture of the fucking yeah. mirror saying objects in uh objects in mirror closer than they appear and you just did fucking Yeah crying laughing faces.
3: Yeah
2: yeah that was uh I mean that's why so I looked at it from a rolls reverse thing where uh if if i were if the Red sox were like five and a half games out and they got within two and a half games, I wouldn't start like blogging about you know we're coming for you like I wouldn't be doing that yet like I would do that around like like one game like it's it's too it's too fickle, i guess um So what was it? Brock Holt posted something on Instagram. I don't even see it. What the fuck happened?
1: No, we had last week in our our DMs. What I've started to do recently is just kind of pose one of my favorite DMs that you guys send in to you to then answer, because the answers we get from you guys are always money. And the Edelman one, which Red Sox player could replace Julian Edelman or would be best replacing Julian Edelman on the Patriots this season, got a lot of good reactions. And we posted a Photoshop of Brock Holt's face on a Julian Edelman body with the jersey and everything. And the reactions were really good in terms of like who they thought should fill in. A lot of Holt reactions. We got Ben Intendi, Mookie Betts, JBJ. And then Brock Holt on Instagram commented on the photo and goes, you it got, it? Yeah, he goes, you got this one right. I may not be able to hit for shit right now, but I know exactly where the first down marker is, and I'll find the end zone. Uh, my buddy had sent that over to me. And naturally always think it's somebody else. It's like some Brock Holt fan or it's just not the real him. But yeah, that's really him. So admitting that he's hitting for shit right now, which is true. And it's really too bad because we're all Brock Holt guys. And, uh, but he would find the first down marker and the end zone. So I think Brock Holt is the right answer for who would fill in for Julian Edelman via him. This is news to me. I didn't even fuck. I'm just now finding out that this happened. What the fuck? Yeah, we tweeted it out, man. It was was late. It was at like midnight on, uh, on Tuesday. And so when
2: so like, I'm looking at this picture right now, you guys didn't tag him in like the description and you didn't tag him in the photo. So no. how did he find it?
0: Uh, I was just going to say, I bet people tagged him in the comments. They did. That's what I saw. Yeah, they tagged him in the comments. That's pretty sweet.
1: I didn't even know that happened. Honestly, though, I think the tagging was after he commented. Because when I when I went back at it, there were like six or seven comments and he was one of them and none of them had his name in it. So. That was interesting. Either, either way, I mean, Brock Holt confirms he would be a great. Oh, yeah, you're right for Julian Edelman. Yeah, if you look at the look at the comments.
3: Yeah,
0: yeah, that's true. Maybe he follows us on Instagram.
1: Granted, like that's we know good. by now that there are eyes. There's eyes on our stuff everywhere, so it's not that hard to get back to the players. Wait, who made this Photoshop? I did. You did. Yeah,
2: that's so pretty good Photoshop, there, kid. A good Photoshop. I give it to it's you. It's a good Photoshop. I Appreciate it, a, K. a really Good Photoshop, there, Stevie Kid. Kids on the I, do, I, do you have Photoshop? I didn't even yeah. know you did Photoshop. I know that I know that like you do Photoshop like the video promos, but like I that one that one looks like professionally done. I do everything. Look at that. Jaguar. There's uh, something else. Something else there, Stevie Kid.
1: So we had a question of the week that we posed to you, the listeners. We wanted to know what your most random and likely worst MLB jersey purchase of all time was. And the first reaction was from a kid named Tommy. And Tommy, I'm, I'm sorry. He got dark really quick. He goes, I bought a Wendell Kim jersey, and then he died about two weeks later. Afraid to purchase any jersey now. Mm-hmm. Valid point, Tommy. You should retire from purchasing any jersey, any jersey. If the person is dying soon after, make sure you're just not buying the jersey. Like, just just don't do it. He, he knows. I'll, I'll give Tommy credit. He just retired from the game.
0: Or just buy like a Colby Rasmus jersey.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good that was pretty dark mean uh we got a couple of us here we got will, well we got we got 80 replies i'll pick out the best ones here will middlebrooks i mean that's that's a tough one man mr Eight. mr dell that's a tough jersey to get you honestly should just make a personalized mr dell shirt uh pete rose on the expos that doesn't seem that bad that seems, <laughs> what? Kinda, that seems like a cool jersey that's a-
0: that's like such an oddity that it's kind of a cool jersey.
1: Yeah, I feel like those those are nice. Granted, we just asked for random, and I guess that is random. Matt Clement, guy says it was on sale for twelve dollars at Olympia Sports. I can't really blame you there, even though Matt Clement was kind of a wet blanket. Uh Tom Brady Expos. I can't think that actually that you actually have that. That'd be a great jersey. That's another oddity that I like. Brady
0: Expos jersey?
1: That would be a great jersey. Yeah. Yeah. I like that one. Salt of the Gabaguzzi Marlin jersey, DFA three weeks later. <laughs> that's pretty solid. Bruce, Castillo, Hanley Ramirez, Florida, Marlin, Jersey. It's not that bad. I mean, do you guys have any of these in terms of random? Yeah, not
2: really? Uh, I have a pokey Reese, Red Sox batting practice Jersey.
0: That's very random. I had a pokey Reese, uh, Jersey that just said pokey on the back that I got at Fenway one year. I have that too. Yeah.
1: Ooh, Eric, more. Eric Gagne, uh, Grady Sizemore. These are tough. I also, I, <laughs> I got a, a Willie. Mo
0: Do you really? Uh, I had. Uh, yeah, I have three. Wow. Okay. William O'Payne's biggest fan. <laughs> uh, yeah. I have. I bought a uh, a Miguel Tejada fucking uh, Orioles jersey at like TJ Max for like fifteen bucks one year. Like uh-huh. a jersey, jersey. Yeah, like a legitimate jersey. Why? <laughs> because it was fucking fifteen bucks at TJ Max. I was like, why not? You should go back and look at it and see if Orioles is spelled correctly. I know. I probably should do that. I don't even know if I have it anymore. Why wow, think so most, it would
2: it be 15 bucks?
0: Because it's, it's fucking TJ Maxx, and they have steals. If you're a Easter, you know this. Just Back says, in the day, TJ Maxx used to have a strong jersey game, and you, oh, just, yeah. needed, you just needed to
1: look. They had uh, some really good ones. It says Orleos or something like that. I, I really hope it's <laughs>
0: Orleos. The most random jersey that I've ever bought, though, I think, or... Not not a jersey, but a jersey. I bought a Jeremy Lin uh, New York Knicks jersey uh, back at the height of Lin sanity, and it had it had his name spelled in Chinese on the back over the number.
1: Wait, so PD Analytics? This is when we were at Endicott. So you got this when you were a gull?
0: Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I yeah, still you have it. Been too. Like
1: a you would have been a freshman or sophomore. That's quite a purchase. Yeah. I, I I really hope uh, these are when like we're younger and just kind of ignorant.
0: Yeah, just kind of went for
1: it. Yeah. Okay, good. Uh, we got some other random ones here. We got Yoanis Cespedes yep, yep. jersey with the Red Sox. That's a tough one, but I think that's kind of cool. He was here for long enough. Jose Canseco, Red Sox. Edgar Renteria, burn that. Dice K jersey, still seeing those, man. When I was at New York or at the Everyone Yankees has season. those. Dude, the fucking because Dice-K. they made like
2: a billion of them. Like the, no. the Dice K marketing train was huge when he first signed. Like everyone had a fucking Dice t t-shirt. Or, you know, they had all kinds of Dice K shit that they were selling when he first got here. The gyro. Because they marketed ball. him as like the next Pedro. They really did. Yeah. They were like, he's got the gyro ball. Yeah. He's going to be can't miss TV every single five, every five days. When he goes out there, Dice K, he's, he, I mean, you you thought Pedro
1: was good? Wait till you see Dice K met <laughs> Anytime people bring up Dice K, it's like, oh, he had the 18 and 3 season. Shut the hell up. He had one of the best offenses ever, and he only went five innings like every start. Uh, we had, oh a Bobby Valentine Red Sox shirt. That's a terrible oh purchase. God. That might be the worst one on here. God, that's disgusting. A lawnmower jersey. That's, I mean, Jared would like that. We got Pablo Sandoval, Julio Lugo, Jason Bay, Marco Scutaro. Yikes. That's Marco something. Scutaro. So the person that's on here the most is Grady Sizemore. He had five. Oh, Grady's ladies. Grady's late. apparently there's some dudes in there too so uh we appreciate you guys replying to the question of the week we'll have more of these because you guys kill it and uh yeah we don't have a sponsor yet for question of the week so mm. if Ronald napkins has competition hit us up
2: mm. let's see what you're saying there let's see what I pick up what you're putting down you are uh, fishing for them sponsors Same. I mean you're not not doing it I'm not 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 doing it either. You know what I'm saying? It's true. It's true. All right. Um, final predictions for this weekend. I have a four-game sweep. Peter, you have uh, what? Three out of four.
0: Three out of four. And fucking pessimistic asshole Steve only going two out of four.
2: That is correct. Two out of four for Steve. That is all right. So one of us. Uh, I mean, we could all be wrong. The you know, Red Sox could get swept, so they could take one out of three. One out but of
0: one out of four. That's, that's not going to happen. <laughs> one out of three. One out of, four. one out of three, and one of the games gets canceled. Fucking that's Go my prediction.
2: <laughs> that, one out of three with the rainout. Uh, so that's when we, the next time that we join each other here on Tuesday. We're going to have a pretty good idea of uh, where the season's going from here.
0: Uh, Peter, you have a question? Uh, It's fucking stupid that this is the last time that we meet the Yankees this season. It's fucking too early. I think that it should be like a base. It should be an annual tradition that the Sox either close out against the Yankees or get them in like the last few weeks of the season.
1: Think about the other rivalries. You got Ohio State, Michigan. They end the year every time. Duke, North Carolina. They end the year every time. I know I'm talking about colleges here, but like why can't the Red Sox Yankees end the season against each other every year? It's, I don't even think that they have to end it again, or at least like they said in the
2: last two weeks.
1: Well, like the yeah. last week. There's no reason why not when you have a lot of AL East matchups. Last week, come on.
2: Yeah, the Red Sox fucking finished the season. It's the Astros. It's yeah, like it, they're it, it, going off a series against going the,
0: the Whipper. Yeah.
2: yeah, they have their last three series of the season. Two of them are against the Astros and the Cincinnati Reds. So that's. I mean, I guess not what you're looking
0: for. I guess it kind of could work out this year if the Red Sox and Astros are jockeying for, uh, you know, AL positioning. Uh, but I'd rather. I mean, I want to see the Red Sox and Yankees in the final week of the season or final few weeks of the season every year, and then you can just alternate whether it's at Fenway or whether it's in, in Yankee Stadium. They should, that should be they should be doing that every year.
3: Yeah, yeah. Point, so this is it.
2: Red Sox Yankees, the rivalry's renewed. Got to tune in. Remember nineteen fucking fucking seventy eight. Remember, remember that. Yeah. Remember, remember, remember two thousand three. Remember that nineteen ninety nine rivalry renewed. Remember that two thousand
1: four. These teams hate each other. <laughs>
3: There is
2: fucking animosity between these two teams. In a four-game series in the Bronx, who will die first? Blood will be shed. Tears will fall. Souls will be taken. Boston, New York, the Bronx, baseball, rivalry, back on
1: this weekend. It would be good if you just went through all the phrases. Back on, rivalry, bad blood. They hate each other. <laughs> Fights. Brawls. New York. Boston. Next. <laughs>
3: uh... <laughs> Don't miss it.
2: Because the next time you see these two teams play each other again, it might be next year.
1: They might all be dead by then because they killed each other.
2: <laughs> Tickets start at just five bucks. Gravedigger. I'll say thanks to our producer. Steve Peralt, you can check him out on Twitter. at Steve underscore Peralt. You can follow the show at Section10Pod on Instagram at Section10Podcast. You can follow PD Analytics at Pete Blackburn. The archive for the Section10Podcast can be found at Section10Podcast.com. Subscribe on iTunes.
3: Rate the show. Leave a review. And if you do, it could be read. Bye, Stephen. Here it
1: is, review of the week, coming in from <laughs> Glanny <laughs> 69 Headline is, can't teach that. Polluting young Sox fans' minds one episode at a time, these guys really know how to put a podcast together. Whether it's recurring guest PD Analytics providing hard-hitting facts that enlighten the listener... Steve coming up with innovative nicknames that really stick with the fans, or Jared defending himself, striking out in more ways than one. This is a great listen. And, oh, yeah, boobies. Nice. Great review there, Glaney. And as always, the Review of the Week is also brought to you by Ronald's Napkins. They clean your fucking face.
2: They sure do, Steve.
1: They sure do, pal. Right?
3: Talking napkins over here on Section 10 podcast. (laughs) Alright, you can tell a friend about the show, I'm sure you got some. So go right on down and tell your friends about the Section 10 podcast. Maybe if you got some Red Sox fan friends say hey, you ever heard of the Section 10 podcast? Probably not, right? Okay, you go on iTunes, you gotta subscribe. And then you can listen to all the episodes. I got 121 of them, and I hope you like them. That's how you tell a friend. You can check out our sponsor, Sox Signatures, at uh, SoxSignatures.com. You use the promo code SECTION10. You get ten percent off your first order at SoxSignatures.com. Also, you got to download the SeatGeek app there, kid. You use the promo code SECTION10. and you get $20 off your first purchase, go in to buy some tickets, use that promo code. Next thing you know, you don't even have to pay an extra $20. That's right there back in your bucket. So on behalf of uh, Steve and uh, Peter, this is Jared. I'm signing off right now just saying, well, I, I wouldn't want to cuff you. Sure wouldn't want to do that. I know it hurts sometimes, but you'll
0: get over it. Yeah. You'll find another life to live. Yeah. I swear that you'll get over it. But I know you're sad and tired. You got nothing left to give. Yeah. You'll find another life to live. Yeah. I know that you'll get over it. Yeah. Never, ever, ever told you things I was only, only trying to show you things I stopped, her on your neck, trying to froze your ring I had to give me a new bitch to hold the We was in Hawaii looking at the rain Yeah, she's smiling happy when I'm laughing because
3: of no man, That just go to show me money, don't attract anything When I oh, posted it, it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. oh, Robo, Pete. Pete, Robo, Pete, oh Robo Pete. Robo Pete suck my dick. Robo Pete, Robo
1: Pete. PD Analytics can't avoid Robo Pete. This is Stanton
2: video, like everyone's talking about it. Like it's basically porn. So, like, that's like three nights in a row that we're going to lead off with porn mm-hmm. on, on our new baseball show. Yeah, <laughs>
1: the on the chin thing was good. I was laughing at you. were You were doing one of those. Like I can't talk, laughs. Which yeah. I didn't. I didn't know if you were going to get into the second the second point.
2: <laughs> I had to just like change the change the subject. You just, so like, of,
1: you had to think of something weird. Just like just stop laughing. I have yeah.
2: to stop. There's going to be debates over whether porn is good or whether porn is bad. It's just a real sticky situation. And uh, but like the the best part is that you know we know that Kendra Lust is a baseball fan. What's her favorite pitch again? The the front door heater. No, uh, the backdoor slider. Yeah, the backdoor slider. Oh,
0: God. <laughs> I know August Ames. I know Mia Khalifa. Know that
1: is. You, yeah, you know, <laughs> you know, you know <laughs> Mia Khalifa, that's for sure. Um, I know Brandy Love. He goes on a list of like 20 names. I mean, but I don't know. I don't know any, but uh, he has about 50 that I occasionally will jerk off
2: to when uh, I need it.
1: Yeah, when I start getting the tingles, these are the ones I think of. These are the 100 <laughs> girls that I think of. <laughs> Just fucking rolls on a list. and just scrolls down the
2: fucking street. Ah, mm-hmm.
1: uh, yeah, the AAA girls. Yeah, I only know a few. You down? <laughs> <laughs> so beautiful. Put a line so unusual. you can't define. running through my mind all day,
0: day. I'm so happy you're mine. So beautiful. Top of the line. So unusual.
3: Now know. I think it's time. Hey, Charlie. I hope you don't take this the wrong way. Girl, you look beautiful. You look so sad for sweetheart. we only live one time, so put your fantasies on fast forward. Life goes beat me up. Got it bad, cause you need me too.
0: I hate your type, I love you too. I might so slap cause I wanna do you, hun. Can't blame you, babe. You can find me, baby. Promise you, work cause girl, make it change to your lingerie,
1: right like that. and my life. got eyes so bad. I'm already your final. Oh, Want to see you with the lights on Every guy want to know how do it is To clap off
0: the lights And turn Chloe to camera You're down So beautiful Top of the line So unusual Words can't define Running through my mind all day. Day, day I'm so happy you're mine So beautiful Top of the line So unusual Now I think it's time Hey, shawty I hope you don't take this the wrong way Girl, you look better with that.